Um, I also care about making more money because I want my clients to make more money. And it's just, it's really important that we look at money as not as this finite thing that if somebody pays you money, that you're robbing somebody else of other money, you know, that money is not this limited supply. Money is something that is in abundance in our world. There are trillions of dollars trickling around your feet every second of every day. And when you start to realize and believe that, that money is not this infinite Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Episode 93. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. I had a really amazing conversation with a young woman. Um, We were just talking about like, you know, what it means to make more money in your business, what's really required to raise your rates. And a really interesting perspective came up. She said that she felt guilty about charging more for her services. And I wanted to have a conversation with you about it because I figured if she was feeling that way about making more money in her business or charging more for her services, you might too. So I'm really curious to know that do you feel guilty about making more money? And you can just be honest with yourself on this one. Do you feel guilty about making more money? The reason why, again, I want to talk about this because if you're in business and you have a difficult time or a challenging time raising your rates, charging based off the value that you deliver, actually being compensated in a manner that you know that you should based off of what's in your offer or how you're serving your clients, this episode is going to be really, really, really beneficial for you. 
So first thing is first is I want us to really dissect what's actually happening here at like a at a mindset individual perspective level, right? The first thing is one you need to be honest with yourself. Is there a part of you that feels guilty about making more money? And then we really have to start to look at what your money stories are to discover why is that even true, right? So this is actually a really good journaling prompt or a personal, um, you know, we call it super thinking time for you to sit down with yourself and really think about why do you feel guilty about making more money in your business? Why do you feel guilty about actually charging for the services that you provide at a price point that is reflective of the value that you're delivering? Like what is coming up for you? And one of the things that this young woman um, shared with me, and again, I'm curious to know for you, what is it about making more money that makes you uncomfortable? But this one individual shared with me, she's like, you know, the clients that I work with are normally in a state of emergency. They've tried everything else. They've hired coaches. They've hired, they, you know, they've bought in programs. They've read the books. They've already invested so much in being able to solve this problem. She was like, you know, them being able now to have to hire me, I already felt like they've already spent so much money trying to solve this problem. I feel kind of guilty having them charge, you know, spend more money again for me to be able to help them. And does that resonate with you? That might be a reason why you feel guilty about making more money. Another reason why you might feel guilty around making more money is quite frankly, could be based off of what you learned in church or through religion as a child or growing up. Right. Many people, this is, I think, I think something very relevant for a lot of my clients specifically is that a lot of people tell me, Jay, I feel guilty about making more money because of kind of what I've been taught biblically or religiously around being, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And if I make more money, then that's going to be like kind of the downfall for me or what have you. Like, whatever your reason is. Somebody else said right now, knowing my own relationship with money, more money means more problems, meaning that if you make more money, that you're going to have more challenges in your life or in your business, that maybe you're afraid that you won't know how to manage that money. You're afraid that you you won't know what to do with that money. You're afraid that you may not be a good steward of that money. There's a million reasons why you might feel guilty about making more money, right? And first thing is first is try to start to unpack what are your money stories around that and like, why is that being triggered? But once you start to understand that, we really, you really have to invite yourself and give yourself permission that that truth might have been true for you before, but that, you're, that you are capable of changing the story and rewriting the story and shifting your belief around that, right? So the first thing, uh, we're gonna, this might be a series because I think we can get pretty deep into this whole money guilt type of discussion, especially with the different layers that exist. But I want to talk specifically about another client paying you a higher price point for the services that you provide, okay? So just, I want to give that as context. We're going to be talking very specifically here around getting paid more money by raising your rates and having a client pay you. So first thing is first, I think it's really important that you are not projecting your limiting money beliefs onto your potential clients. That's one of those ones that you might want to tweet about later. You know, do a hashtag Jerisha said on, but you do not want to project your limiting money beliefs onto your potential clients. And how this might look is if you're before you even like if you're somebody who's already worried about like raising your rates or already worried about sharing your services or already worried or you get really, really uncomfortable when the sales during the sales conversation when it comes time to actually share your rates, this might be really relevant for you. Meaning, like, are you 
constantly like, well, I don't think this person can afford my services. So I'm going to just offer a deep discount before they even can tell me no. Or, ah, I really like, they've already spent so much money trying to solve this problem before. I know they're not going to want to keep spending more money with me. So let me just like offer them a smaller offer, not really the actual big offer that I have because, you know, I don't want to be a burden on their budget or I don't want to put a damper on their finances. Can you relate to that? So the first thing is first, again, you do not want to project your limiting money beliefs on your potential clients thinking or saying that, oh, this person won't pay for this or this person won't see the value in this. Like you're already projecting, you're basically now robbing them of making the decision for themselves on what it is that they need or want to invest in or what they need or want to spend money on, right? Like that right there is like the definition of an ego trip. Like who are you to be counting somebody else's pockets? first and foremost. And secondly, like you don't know other individuals' financial situations. So like you trying to make their buying decision for them and robbing them of the opportunity to make the decision for themselves is not really being in the best or the greatest level of service to your prospect or to your potential client, right? So it is not your responsibility as the coach or the service provider to make the buying decision for your prospect. It is your responsibility to articulate the value. It is your responsibility to clarify what the end result or what the promise is going to be of you guys working together. It is your responsibility to create a step-by-step framework that they can follow to get the result that you're promising, but it is not your responsibility to make the buying decision for them, right? I think that we have to always remember that our prospects are not dummies. Your potential clients are smart, intelligent individuals. They probably are high fact finders. They have done their diligence. They've done their research on you. They've been listening to your live streams. They've been binge listening to your podcast episodes. Like They've done their research. Your prospects are not incompetent. Your prospects are not dummies. So like, do not rob them of the opportunity of making a decision for themselves on what it is that they need that you may be the one that based off of what they need, because they might need what it is that you're offering or trying to, you know, trying to sell. So that's like, I think a really, really big thing is that if you feel guilty about making money, really evaluate, how are you showing up in this whole money making decision process? Are you robbing them of their decision to make a choice on their own? Are you downgrading or trying to disqualify their competence level by you know, removing an option off the table or thinking that if they invest with you, they're making a bad money decision because now they're gonna, you're going to be a damper on their financials or on their budget. Like that is not your responsibility <laughs> to take that decision from them or to make that decision for them, right? The second thing here is, this is something too that somebody had mentioned to me over the past week. They're like, you know, I'm, I really feel guilty about making more money because I feel like I'm taking, I'm taking somebody else's money when they hire me. And I want this again to be very, very clear. You are not taking anybody's money. If you are approaching your business from a heart of serving over selling, and if you are approaching your prospects as you're very clear on what problem it is they're trying to have solved, and you believe that you are somebody that can help them alleviate their pain and solve the problem that they're experiencing so they can experience the transformation that they want, you are not taking money from anybody, right? They have given you permission to charge their credit card. They have given you permission to cash the check. Your prospect is not, you're not robbing your prospect of anything. You are not taking anything from your potential client. They have given you permission to do so. 
So again, we have to make sure that we are not creating a reality that's like not that that's on based on false premises, right? So again, we really have to change our language and change our perspective around how we're engaging with our prospects and how we're looking at the money that we're making in our business. You are not taking anything from anybody. Your prospect gave you permission by them enrolling in your program to for you to be compensated for the results or the transformation or the experience that you're providing within your service, okay? So really when you focus on, you know, I'm not taking money from anybody, I'm going to remove my ego from this dialogue or from this whole entire buying decision process and realize that my prospect is competent, my prospect is smart, my client gave me permission, I invited them into an opportunity, they accepted that invitation or maybe that individual reached out to you and said, hey, I need your help. You're not taking anything. All you were doing now is responding to their request by actually allowing them to work with you. So when you really focus on permission-based sales, this kind of removes that as an objection or as a mental hurdle. When you focus on, you know, you're creating opportunities to engage with your prospect, they are giving you permission by, you know, they joined your Facebook group, they signed up for your email list, they booked a sales call with you. They actually showed up to the sales call. They asked you to share more information about what your offer was. They asked you about details. Okay, like how do we work together? That is all permission-based. They gave you, they opened the door and invited you in. All you're now doing is responding to their request. So you don't have to feel guilty about making more money when your prospect invited you into the dialogue and is giving you permission to be able to help them by enrolling in your services um, and signing up for your program. And I think that the other thing I want to make sure that we point out here about not feeling guilty about making more money is really get back to the root, like what is your intention, right? If you already are somebody that feels worried about this topic, it already lets me know what your heart posture is at because you wouldn't feel worried or feel guilty or feel anything somewhat negative around making more money if there was not a part of you that really cared about being of service and and being able to help other people, right? So really get back to what is your heart posture? What is your intent behind creating your offers, offering coaching packages, trying to serve your clients, right? You want to help other people. You've acquired a skill set. You have, you know, developed a level of expertise. And now that you know, you, you know, you're, you're aware of these things, you want to be of value to other people. You want to share your gifts, share your skills to help them do whatever it is your offer helps them do, right? So if you are approaching your business from a service-based intention, um, realize that the only way for you to be of service in a larger magnitude is for you to make more money. When you start to look at money is not money is simply a resource. It is a tool that is, you know, created in our culture to be able to basically exchange value. That's all money really is. Is you see value in something, you're willing to spend money on it because you want to have that thing or experience that thing or get healed from that thing. But when you really look at if your your whole intention of running your business is to be of service to other people, to change the lives of other people, to change the dynamic of your family household and your legacy and your generational impact through being able to help and serve other people, there is nothing for you to feel guilty about when somebody says, hey, I actually want to work with you. I'm ready to invest, right? You don't have to feel guilty about taking on more money or bringing on more clients or generating more cash flow because that person, one, gave you permission, and two, the more money that you make, the more problems you can solve in this world. 
I don't know who made up this quote, but I've heard it and it's been, it's rung true for me since I heard it is a problem that can be solved by money is no longer a problem. Money may not be able to buy you happiness, but money surely can solve a lot of freaking problems. And, you know, my goal, a huge reason why I do what I do is because I want to be able to give back. I want to be able to pay off people's student loans. I want to be able to pay off people's rent for a year. I want to be able to make sure that my grandmother doesn't have to worry in her later year, you know, she's already in her later years in life, but to be able to have a, you know, a smooth transition while she's in her eighties and nineties, like that is something that I care about. Um, I also care about making more money because I want my clients to make more money. And it's just, it's really important that we look at money as not as this finite thing that if somebody pays you money, that you're robbing somebody else of other money, you know, that money is not this limited supply. Money is something that is in abundance in our world. There are trillions of dollars trickling around your feet every second of every day. And when you start to realize and believe that, that money is not this infinite, this finite resource or that's that's in this limited supply, this can really allow you to break free of this guilt of making more money. I think sometimes people take on this belief that if you get paid more, that means that you're going, that somebody else, that that potential client is going to go without somewhere else. Or that if you make more money, that means you're taking away somebody else's wealth. And in actuality, it's like you have to start to look at money as this infinite resource, as this abundant flow. And in every financial book or whatever, they always say cash flow. Money is supposed to move if money were not being exchanged on a daily basis, then there would be no economy. So like, we really have to stop feeling guilty about making more money and realize that the more money that we have coming in, that means the more cash flow we're going to be able to have going out in different vehicles. And really that is what allows the economy to continue to grow and thrive. So those are just some like things I wanted you to think about if you ever feel guilty or struggle about making more money and also realize that like, If you're somebody who's providing a service or offering coaching and you are afraid or feel guilty or you are scared of raising your rates or, you know, putting a price tag on your services that is reflective of the value that you deliver, two broke people is not better than one. That's all I want to say. Two broke people is not better than one. You can't help anyone if you are also broke right? You cannot help yourself. You know, you cannot help your family. You cannot help your loved ones. You can definitely not help the greater reach of humanity if you are in a state of being broke down and out. So just, just realize that money is not a bad thing. Money is just a resource. It is a tool that we use here on earth to communicate our value and to exchange value, to show value to other people. And when we really get our mindset right right about making money, you know, you feeling guilty about making more money can be the exact reason why your business is not financially thriving. And I think that's really, really important for you to individually reflect on is why is your business not generating the cash flow that you want? Why is your business at a plateau right now where you're, you're unable to break beyond whatever that income threshold is? Is it because there is this subconscious guilt or this shame around making more money and really start to peel back the layers on what's causing that and start to identify that these might be my feelings or my fears, but what is the fact and what is the truth here? And what can I do to move forward in a way that's going to be of biggest and greatest service to me? Are you ready to have a service that sells? Are you eager to know what to say in your marketing so that prospects actually get how you can help them? 
Are you committed to doing what's required to take your coaching business to the next level this year? If so, you're going to love today's sponsor, my premium program, Services That Sell. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition and packaging a high-ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates to register for my next training on how to enroll high ticket clients. Consistently learn the proven strategy in this simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. So I really hope this was helpful for you today to start to unwind these things and break through these things and move beyond your guilt of making more money. So first and foremost, if you want to learn how to raise your rates and build a six-figure coaching practice this year in 2020, I highly, highly invite you to register for my next mini training. You can visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates to sign up for that. So I want to do a quick Q&A for anybody who's still on live right now. I see Deanna said, how do you break that limiting mindset? I think Deanna, the first way to break beyond this limiting money mindset is first recognize what are my limiting money beliefs, right? Where is it that you're feeling constrained or what have you? Like, What are your limiting money beliefs specifically? And once you start to identify them, you can start to really dissect them and say, okay, where was this belief created? Is this belief even true? And what can you do to move beyond them? So I know um, for me, I'm one that really believes in, you know, that that might mean that you might need to go get coaching or learn different techniques, or again, just start to rewrite the truths of these beliefs. Because one thing I think is true, regardless of what beliefs you hold, limited beliefs or supportive beliefs or whatever, you get to choose what your beliefs are. Nothing, you know, any specific scenario or situation means nothing until you put meaning on it. So Deanne, I'd be really interested to know what one of your limiting mindset beliefs is, and we can maybe talk through it. But I think the first thing is like identifying what the belief actually is. It's really, really helpful too to start to look at where did I first, where did that belief originate? And then you can literally ask yourself like, okay, is this belief serving me today? This belief might've served me yesterday, or this belief might've been just generationally passed down to my parents, but is this belief serving who I am today? And is this belief serving the impact that I want to make tomorrow? And if the answer is no, you can just choose to believe something different, right? So some people think that, you know, money is a limited resource. That is a belief that some people have. I choose to believe that money is in abundance. And then I go and seek evidence to support the new belief that I want to adopt. And if you look anywhere, there's trillions of dollars on this planet. You can't tell me that money is is a finite resource. It's just not. Uh, the re- the link to go register for the training is jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. Going backwards to go forwards is key, even though many of us don't want to go there. Kim, I think that is so true. I think many of us are terrified to actually believe what's broken in our business. And many of us are really scared to actually see or recognize what's broken in our belief pattern. But the thing is, you know, I think the reason why some people might be might feel a level of fear or shame or whatever around actually identifying what their problems are is because 
once you know what the problem is and once you're aware of the issue, it's really hard to like use the excuse saying, well, I didn't know, you know, well, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like that no longer becomes an, an excuse once you become fully aware. But once you're aware, one thing I think is really important for all of us to remember is like, yes, it might be scary or uncomfortable or whatever going forward to resolve those issues, fix those issues, get help with those issues. But I want you to also recognize how much fear, struggle, and discomfort are you in right now by not solving those problems. You're going to have struggle and discomfort either way you go. Staying where you are right now in a space or in an environment or in a mindset that is not serving you is very uncomfortable. It produces one and it doesn't produce the results that you want. Choosing to move forward to change your beliefs and get the help that you need is also just uncomfortable, but at least that, that, that forward motion or that new, you know, the new environment you choosing the discomfort of change, that action will at least produce results, right? You staying in the situation that you're in, struggling in discomfort does not produce anything beneficial for you. So both states are going to be areas of discomfort. It's just which discomfort would you rather be in? The discomfort that's not going to move you forward or the discomfort that actually produces the results. And I'd rather be taking action and being uncomfortable and scared and fearful moving forward, knowing that no matter what, I'm going to be in a better position than I am today versus staying where I am right now. Deanna said, I struggle between when do I put a cap on my money? Like when I become a multimillionaire, is that, is that it? Or do I keep going? So Deanna, my thing is like, why does there have to be a cap on your money? And I think that in itself is a belief that we need to dismantle. What leads you to believe that you have to have a cap on how much money you make or how much money you give away or how much money you have invested? Like who says there has to be a cap? And I think it's really interesting that, let me see if you said anything. I struggle between when do I become a millionaire? It, is it okay to want more? So you're, you're worried about a future state, a future reality that is not here. And then you're worried about a future reality. You're worried about the future, future state of that future reality. So Deanna, my first question is, are you a millionaire right now? If the answer to that is no, why are you putting so much energy and effort into worrying about whether or not like, you're allowed to make more money beyond becoming the millionaire when you're not the millionaire yet. The reason why I'm dissecting this this way is like, I think we, we spend so much energy and effort and our attention and worry that is literally draining our energetic being, worried about a future state that is not here, and then worried about the perception of who we may or may not be, and also the judgment of what others may or may not have at a future state that has not even existed yet. Like really like dissect that and break that down. And it's like, we're, we're creating realities and creating stories of like, who said there's a cap? Why does there have to be a cap? Why are we even worried about that cap? And we're like, like, why are we even worried about that now? And like, I'm just like, okay. So my, my thing for you, Deanna, is like, if you're worried about, okay, once I become a millionaire, am I allowed to make more money? My thing would be if instead of you giving all that energy to this like future state of what may or may not happen, or even just putting a cap on like, there's nothing wrong with setting incremental goals for what you aspire to accomplish, what you aspire to earn, that type of thing. But if we're overly worrying about how much money I'm allowed to make or putting a ceiling on yourself, it's just like all that energy and effort that you're giving to this future state. That's not like, can we all agree on something? is what's the one thing that's true about the future? 
What is the one thing that is true about the future? None of us can predict it, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, like, we do not know what is going to happen in the future. Can we all agree on that, right? Future reality in the future, none of us really, we don't have, we really don't have much control over it. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's so interesting how one, it's no matter what is coming Two, we don't know what's going to come. We don't know what's going to happen. And it's so interesting to say like, okay, what if I become this millionaire? Am I allowed to make more money? And we spend all this energy and effort dreading over the negative possibility about what our, how much money it is that we can make. But if we all can agree that we don't know what's going to happen in the future, who's to say that that thing can't happen and that you will exceed it? Well, we don't know. That could happen. We don't know. It it might not, but like, we don't know. So all I'm saying is Deanna for you, like, I don't know. I would really challenge the beliefs that what you're worried about, like who says there's a cap on how much money you can make. And like, why do you really care? And and I'm asking that question, like legitimately, not sarcastically in the sense of like, why are you worried about either how you'll be judged or what your income earning cap could be at that time frame? And I think for anybody who sets like really ambitious financial goals, I know for me, this is what's really helpful is what are you going to do with that money once you make it? So once you're a millionaire, I would literally create a future itemized budget of where that money will be spent, how that money will be used, where that money will cash flow to and from. And once you start to look at, okay, once I'm a millionaire, I think we just throw, I think sometimes we just throw out these numbers because like, their buzz numbers and like, who doesn't want to be a millionaire? But I would really start to think about, okay, when you hit that income threshold, where is that money going to flow? What will that money be used for? Again, money is just a resource. We don't want to just be sitting on the money, right? If you say, I'm going to invest the money or give the money away, I would try to get even more specific. Where are we going to give that money to? Is $100,000 going to go to your kid's college fund? If you're going to go get, you know, just I'd get very clear on how that money will be utilized. Because once you start to really look at, okay, once I make a million dollars, how will that money be utilized? It can start to maybe help you move past some of these limiting barriers or beliefs on like there, that there's a cap on how much money you're allowed or not allowed to make. I think we just spend a lot of time on that one. But Deanna said growing Baptist, sometimes the church makes it seem bad to make money. Girl. This is a topic for another day, like talking about money and religion. I'm working on my mindset for some stupid reason. I thought there should be a cap. Deanna, I don't want to say that's a dumb thought. I mean, think about how society is structured. If you look at any traditional corporation, there's typically a cap on how much money you can make, right? Based off of your experience, based off your degree, based off your tenure, it doesn't matter. And, you know, many of us have parents that were educators. You know, my grandmother was a high school math teacher. Many of us have especially if you're of brown descent, many of us or women, many of our parents or our grandparents had jobs that literally had financial caps on how much they were allowed or not allowed to make based off of the societal construct of the industry that they were in. So it is, Deanne, I don't want you to think it's dumb for you to have that mindset or have that belief. It's like ingrained in our society. But once that, that like, that doesn't have to be the reality. That's why I love business and love entrepreneurship. Because when you create your own, when you use the skills that you have to create your own revenue, there is no earning cap. The only cap that you will experience in business is the cap that you put on yourself. That is the only income cap that you will experience in business. It's the one that you put on your own business. It's the one that you put on yourself. 
So it is not uncommon for you, for people to have that belief. I think it's just, we have to start to unpack that belief and rewrite this identity into something different that serves us. Chris said, my industry, he's in modeling, has a reputation of people always accusing others of trying to scam others out of their money. I may have adopted this belief as well. How do I get past that? One, Chris, the fact that you've, so has anybody else, regardless if you're in modeling, I think this happens a lot in the online space too, that there's this reputation that, you know, if you buy people on the internet or if you invest in somebody that you're going to be scammed and be out of money. And I think that, again, that's a mindset belief, right? So it's like, one, is that belief true? And again, I would look for evidence on where you've experienced things that resulted in you not being scammed or that you not, it not being, you know, not being ripped off. And two, it's like, what control do you have over the situation? I think a lot of the time, you know, was it that you were scammed or was it that you had misaligned expectations with what was being sold? And I'm not saying that scammers don't exist on the internet or like in business, but it's your responsibility to do your diligence to say, okay, does this, is this business legitimate? Will this business be here in a week from now? So does it make, is it a smart choice for me to invest with them? Does this individual have results to show for what it is they're saying that they can do for me or that, you know, that they can help me accomplish if I invest with them? Is the investment that I'm about to make aligned with the results that I want to experience, right? I think this is why it's so important for you to get very, very clear on what results am I looking to get and does the person I'm about to invest in, what is I'm about to hire or the education I'm about to sign up for, does it align with that? So I think that, you know, you, if you continue to walk through with the belief that no matter who I hire, I'm going to be scammed, that mindset is not serving you. And like, guys, seriously, I, this is something that we talked about this past week in depth uh, at both the events that I was at. But somebody's like, how do you let go of a belief? And then my thing is, once you choose to believe something different, go find evidence that backs up this new belief, that backs up this thing and really start to take self-accountability and self-responsibility. Okay, were these things scams? Or again, was I just misaligned with the expectations? Okay, what were the things about these things that didn't work out for me before? How can I avoid them in the future and just move forward? But if you continuing down this behaving and operating within this belief system that is not serving you, you're never going to get to where it is that you want to go. That was a really, really great question, Chris. I really appreciate you guys hopping on. I really hope this was helpful. As always, if this was beneficial, even in the slightest, share this message. Share the good word. I'd love for you guys just to tag me on Instagram stories and let me know like, what about this? Like, what was your biggest takeaway from today? What was most impactful for you? What are you going to go implement tomorrow? And like I said, if you are ready to learn how to raise your rates and build a six-figure coaching practice in 2020, register for my next mini training. It's called, you can register over at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I hope you guys have a phenomenal day and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show. And to show my thanks, I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. <laughs> but I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit jerishahawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon. 